0: Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Rock Church of Saudi at the podcast. If you want to see the full service, the link for our YouTube will be in the description below. We hope you enjoy this week's message and have a beautiful day. Before we start, but this kept coming to my mind. Um, I, um, first, let me tell you who I am. You know, <laughs> For those that are visiting, I'm Shemalia King and one of the teaching pastors here at the Rock my husband and I uh, teach the Desert Bible Institute. So just so you know who's standing before you. Um, this came to my, my mind. I had, um, this came to my mind doing service. A couple of days ago, I was listening to a message on, online by a pastor I'm really familiar with. We've been in his service before. And his message uh, was very powerful. But even in the message, I could see the cry out to, you know, pray for leaders, you know, to even pray for him. Even in his message, I believe that God had given it to him. But in the midst of all this, you know, you never really know what's, what kind of weight is on a leader. And this kept coming to my spirit. And, you know, I do have to be mindful because sometimes we prophesy out of our own hearts and minds. So I, God forbid that I should do something like that. But really wanted to um, acknowledge our pastors, uh, Christy and Pastor Tim. And this scripture came to my mind um, about the centurion when uh, his servants, the centurion had a servant that was sick, and his servants came, well, actually, the elders. Let me be correct about that. The elders of the Jews came to beseech Jesus, to seek Jesus and intercede for this centurion. Um, and what they said is they said that, um, that he for whom we're asking this is worthy because he loves our nation and he's built us a synagogue. And Jesus didn't rebuke him. You know, he didn't say, oh, he's not worthy because he did that. He didn't. And I thought, you know, praise God for them for standing out on a vision that God put in their heart to come so that we can have a place of worship. Um, You know, there I'm sure I've heard the story. They're not taking credit for it, but obedience is something to definitely acknowledge. And I just wanted to declare blessing over them. I believe the Lord is leading me uh, to do that just really quick. So would you just bow your heads with me as we bless our pastors in the spirit. So Father God, I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth. He leads us into all truth. Whatever he declares surely comes to pass. And we just want to stand in agreement with a mighty blessing over our pastors in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would richly bless their household, Lord. I pray blesses and riches over their children's souls, Lord, that their souls would be made fat like kings, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that you would begin to provide all their needs, even needs that they've not even asked you for, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, for strengthening them because they are leaders and the weight is very heavy. And so I thank you, Lord, because when you say something, it surely comes to pass. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So we are doing a, uh, this series on journey. <clears throat> um, this message is on rebirth. And um, this, I wrote this down because I believe it's really simple. You hear it, believe it, and receive it. And in this message, I'm not going to define what rebirth means. I'm not going to teach so specifically. So you go out and say, yeah, she just really dug deep down into rebirth because I believe that um, it would take a long time to uproot some of the beliefs that are out there on whether or not you're born again and when you get born again and what happens when you get born again and this and that. And it brings so much confusion. The enemy can send you on a rabbit chase and you never get what God promised you. So we're just going to walk through the scriptures on a journey of just seeing what Jesus said, what was declared, and how the the apostles moved in obedience to what was told them. Um, And just to see that uh, some of the things that we pay so much attention to, and not that the Bible doesn't talk about rebirth because it's in there, but when the apostles were establishing the church, they were just going and preaching truth and God was moving. They didn't spend a lot of time on doctrinal issues until they, they put elders, and so there's a time and a place for everything. There's a purpose for everything under the sun, but we're going to make it really simple, okay? And I'm going to start just reading straight from this. I have some stories that I wrote down and um, to give examples of what it's like in the body of Christ and all the different denominations and all the different beliefs. And what's amazing about it is, you know, you can, you can hear people sometimes will dog out a certain denomination and we're the right denomination and this is that and all that. And God's, God's got to bring all his people, no matter where we are, no matter what kind of church we go to, he's got to bring us all into the unity of the faith. And only he can do that. So this will be just a glimpse of how God just can do that with just giving truth and not really dealing with all the smoke screens that the enemy has put up, okay? So I want to encourage you with uh, Matthew 13, 11, just starting out. When Jesus was talking to a crowd in parables, he told his uh, disciples that came to him after his teaching and said, you know, tell us what this means. And he said to them, it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, okay? And I just want to encourage you, if you're a believer that loves the Lord and you seek to understand, it is given to you to know the mysteries. The word of God is encrypted. It's, you, know, you can memorize it all day long, but that doesn't mean you understand it. But those who have ears to hear, who have a heart to believe, that's hungry and thirsty for God's word, it's given to you to know the mysteries. It's given to you. God wants you. You don't have to open up your Bible. And, you know, many times people have done it. There's sometimes when you need teachers like the eunuch. He was trying to get something out of it and he really didn't understand. And God sent Philip right along beside him. He needed a teacher. But there are sometimes people get in the word and they shut their Bible like, I'm not getting anything out of it. And what I say to you is because you don't want to. Because if it's given to you to know the mysteries, then when you get in that word and you're believing God, just like they said, Jesus, what do you mean by this parable? He's going to tell you. He's going to give you that mystery. Okay, so I'm just going to read. We're going to start here, and then we'll eventually put the uh, word up on the screen, okay? So I'm going to read to you some beliefs in which are, some are right and some are wrong. I'm going to display in the form of a story some of the divisions in the body of Christ over this very topic and how the enemy can take the truth and distort it by enough questions arising to bring confusion and still the very truth that you have, though it may be underdeveloped. I also want to highlight the way some questions lead you to truth. I'm not gonna tell you which of these stories are right or wrong. I'm simply going to solve the problem by the Spirit, instructing you what to do in order to be persuaded, thus giving you a glimpse of how God is going to unify His body, the body of believers, in order for us to be brought into unity of the faith, okay? Please forgive me if I accidentally choose your name as one of my characters, okay? So I'm going to start out telling a story about uh, Basha, okay? Basha believes that she was born again the exact moment that she believed on the Lord Jesus. She stands on 1 Peter 1.23, which reads being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever however she recently heard that she must be born of the spirit is she really born again she has no idea what being born of the spirit means she recently read in Romans 8:9 now if any man has the spirit uh-oh so now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his Now Basha doesn't know if she has the spirit of Christ and she doesn't know if she's born of the spirit. She is now more confused than before and questions whether or not she's a child of God. Basha has set out to seek the Lord concerning this. Celia believes that she is born again because she believed the gospel that was preached to her and was water baptized. She has scripture to stand on. Mark 16, 15 through 16. Which reads, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. However, someone pointed out to her that that verse says saved, not born again. They also told her that the people of Samaria had heard the word of God, believed and was water baptized, but did not have the spirit of God, because he had not fallen upon any of them, according to Acts 8.14. She was told that she needed to be baptized with the Spirit of God in order to receive his Spirit on the inside. Then and only then will she be born again. This person attended a Spirit-filled church and invited her to come. Celia got extremely angry because her salvation was in question. She hadn't heard the term born again before. Neither had she heard about the baptism of the Spirit. She began struggling with being angry at God because she wasn't as certain that she was loved by God and accepted as she originally thought she was. Celia soon adopted the belief that spirit-filled churches were demonic and cultish. This was her way of dealing with the doubt. She vowed to herself that she would never leave her Baptist church and closed her mind to anything additional than what she had already been taught. Celia attended her church year after year and never grew beyond her point of confusion. Her pastor was growing in truth and definitely teaching more and more truth. The congregants were growing in truth, but not Celia. Hashani is a Gentile. He heard the gospel, believed it, and was water baptized. He immediately received the baptism of the Spirit. However, certain believing Jews came to him and told him that unless he was circumcised according to the law of Moses, he could not be saved. Ashani did get circumcised and begin taking on the customs of the law of Moses, but he doesn't know which ones to keep nor which ones to overlook because he doesn't really understand what he's doing. Since then, he has been a part of many denominations and religions. He's desperately trying to find the right fit. He suffers from acute anxiety. Sammy accepted Christ as his savior, he thinks. He doesn't know how much acknowledgment to give to Mary, the mother of Jesus, nor how much to give to Jesus himself. He was raised in a church and deeply believes in God. He has asked the ministers of his church many questions, but they deemed his questions offensive and never answered them. Sammy stayed confused for a very long time. Sammy began to pray at night and ask God all his questions. He visited a friend's church on Sunday, and to his surprise, the message was quite different. His heart began beating so fast with excitement as he heard words, as if God himself was having a conversation with him alone. He heard scripture instructing believers to be baptized. He talked to the pastor after the service, who took the time to listen and answer some of his questions. Sammy told the pastor that he had already been baptized. He was sprinkled with water. The pastor shared with him the baptism of Jesus himself, demonstrated for all believers, that Jesus was the preeminent one and that he was fully immersed. Sammy signed up to be baptized the Sunday after he was baptized by the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues during the worship service. Sammy had no idea what was happening to him, but he certainly felt loved by God. Someone asked Sammy if he was born again. Though he had never heard the term before, he responded, yes. He began to witness to them, telling them how much his life had drastically changed. He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was a new creation in Christ. Sammy never doubts his salvation, nor his rebirth. God's hand is evident in his life. All right, now we're going to start the scriptures on the screen. I want to tell you this, just a reminder, because I'm not sending subliminal messages. I didn't tell you which ones were right, and I didn't tell you which ones were wrong. But I am telling you that those are true beliefs, that many people are confused and they don't know. And then sometimes they're really you know, kind of confident until questions arise and it under, overturns the faith of some. And to some, they have an encounter like in the Bible, in the book of Acts, when they said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe?" They were so zealous, they wanted to know more about it. Their hearts were open, so open for God, it, it didn't scare them. They didn't put a, a roadblock up and they said, we've not heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. And that same day, They got baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so it's just to tell you that God is able to take all these different beliefs and all these different questions and to bring his body into the unity of the faith. No matter where you are, no matter what church you go to, it doesn't matter. He's able to do that. So that's what this is going to do. Okay, Um, John 3, uh, 3, 3 through 8 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it comes and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And so Jesus has this conversation with Nicodemus, and he said, you must be born again. This topic is about rebirth. We are all on a journey, and we're going to be on a journey until Christ returns. You have to be born again. Okay, And so again, I'm not going to tell you exactly go dive into rebirth as much as if you do this, I guarantee you'll be born again. I guarantee you'll get everything that you need. So he says to him, you must be born again. He told him what to do in order to see and enter the kingdom of, of God. So if, if you're not born again, you don't really have a revelation. You don't have insight into the kingdom of heaven and you don't enter it. And this is, this is Jesus, okay? I believe he was telling the truth. He said, what you must be born of. He told him that, of water and of the spirit. So is she going to tell us what it means to be born of water? No, I'm just going to tell you what to do. And he told us what rebirth is like. It's like the wind. A person who is born of the spirit is like the wind. You feel it, you hear the sound, you didn't see the origin of it and you didn't see the end of it but you definitely know it happened, okay? So let's look at what John said, Luke three sixteen. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latches of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now this is John's declaration. It was an amazing segue into Jesus' preeminent demonstration. He said, I mean, I'm going to baptize you with water, but one that comes after me, he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Jesus has the preeminence in everything. That means that he is first in all things, all things spiritual. He is the first and the last, okay? So he is the first type of believer in the earth. When Jesus was in the earth, everyone there that was at John's baptism, they got baptized by water, but they didn't receive the spirit because Jesus had not yet been crucified, However the preeminent one Jesus did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit leaving us an example him taking first place being preeminent in all things showing every believer this is how it happens and the Father sent the Spirit confirming sonship of Jesus Christ and that's what he does for us okay And so because it was a segue right what did Jesus do Matthew 3:13 through 17 Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So what did Jesus do? He fulfilled all righteousness. What does that mean? It's what God, to fulfill righteousness or to walk in righteousness at all, is to do what God, the only true living God, requires of you. He fulfilled all righteousness because it's what God required. And let me just give you a little understanding of that. There's a story when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, and they were murmuring and complaining against Moses and against God. And they had been doing this for a long time. God had been suffering along with them for a very long time. And so he sent serpents into the wilderness to bite the people, and they were dying. And then they cried out to Moses. You know, Moses began to intercede for the people. God, you know, he's praying for them. And so God says, okay, make a brazen serpent, put it up on the stick, and all who look upon it and believe will not die. He didn't say they wouldn't be bitten. He just said they wouldn't die. Well, that was righteousness. He could have put. He said, it could have said make a mud baby and stick it up there. He could have said put a roach up there. It could, he could have put whatever. And if you look on it and believe it's because what God requires, that's righteous. And so that's what Jesus was doing, okay? Now let's look at the ministries of John and Jesus in tandem, Mark 1:8. And this is a repeat, just in a different verse of what I've already said. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And the reason why I'm going to this scripture and recalling what John said is that John talked about these baptisms like they were so natural and they were supposed to happen. Okay? He didn't make a big deal out of it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what God's going to do. You know, and somehow in the body of Christ, it's become such a big deal. It's become something that you have to work really, really hard for. Something that we toss around like some believers can have it and some believers, and if you don't want it, you can't have it. Jesus didn't say that. He said, you must. You must. And I like to say that, you know, John was a Uh, and a wonderful evangelist because he literally was preparing the hearts of people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God is not looking at your actions. It is possible that you believe on the Lord, or at least you say you do, and you get water baptized, but your heart's so evil. You're so far from him. You've not surrendered your heart. You will not get the baptism of the Holy Spirit because God's not looking at your actions. He's not looking at the fact that you got water baptized. He's looking at the fact that you have surrendered your heart to him. He's going to look at your heart And when he looks at your heart, he will send the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He will confirm sonship, that you truly are a son of God. Okay? So we're going to look at what Jesus said, John 14, 16 through 20. Excuse me. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. I'm sorry. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, you shall live also. And at that day, you shall know that I am in the Father, ye in me, and I in you. So Jesus said, he made a promise to them, and he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. And that was just an indication that as soon as Jesus was crucified, they were going to be comfortless. As long as he was right there with them, they were comforted. They had nothing to worry about. And he said that I'm going to pray to my father for you. He's going to send you another comforter. He's with you right now. That's in the person of Jesus. But he shall be in you. And he's going to abide with you forever. So he's going to stay with you forever in you. You'll never have to be comfortless, right? And he said, when this happens, excuse me, that's what he means by at that day. At that day. When it happens, you're going to have a revelation of me being in the Father, the Father in me, I in you, and you're in me. And he had been saying that the whole time. I am my father of one. He'd been saying that the whole time. I'm in the father and the father's in me. But he said, when that comforter comes to you, then you're gonna know what I've been talking about all this time. Okay? Let's look at Mark 16, 15 through 16. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. This is Jesus commissioning them to go and preach the gospel. And it was really simple. You preach the gospel to all creatures, and whoever believes and is baptized, water baptized, shall be saved. It was real simple, real simple. We get real complex with things. Okay? Let's look at Luke 24, 45 through 49. Excuse me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, this, thus it is written and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things and behold I sin the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And this is Jesus reiterating to them. This is him after the resurrection when he appeared to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And he's telling them, he's opened their understanding, giving them a revelation of the scriptures that were written in the book of Moses, in the Torah, concerning the prophecies and all these things. He's opening their understanding that It was good, it was meant for him. It was ordained for him to be crucified and to be risen on on the third day that repentance and forgiveness of sin could be preached. And he told him, go in Jerusalem and stay until you receive what I promised you, that comforter, stay there, okay? This is going to happen first in the city of Jerusalem, And this is when the kingdom revolution broke out in the city of Jerusalem. Thank you so much. So let's look at what happened to the apostles in Acts 2, 1 through 4. Okay, so it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Remember how Jesus explained what rebirth looks like. He says like the wind, right? Isn't it just interesting that here this rushing mighty wind came in and, and they, it fills the whole house and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak with tongues. This is revival breaking out. This is the beginning of the church. This is what Jesus told them. And they were right there in Jerusalem, just like he said, just hanging out. He didn't tell them what day. He didn't tell them what time. He didn't say anything. He just said, stay there. Stay there until you receive what I promised you. And many times for us, for those who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, sometimes it comes instantly. People in the Bible have gotten filled with the Holy Spirit doing a message when no one said a thing about the Holy Spirit. And then there were times where people in the Bible got filled with the Spirit because they went and they laid hands on them. Okay? And the Bible also instructs us to ask. You know it says ask, and when you ask, you don't have to be afraid that you're going to get demon possessed. God guards that. You know He's not going to let you open your heart up to Him and ask for the supernatural because being uh, baptized by the Holy Spirit is supernatural, guys. It's supernatural. God and it's it's not scary. If if it was, be afraid of God then, because He's a spirit. Okay, you've got to connect with the supernatural realm because God is a spirit. And he said, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. He's not the boogeyman, okay? But he's not like you and I in the flesh, right? And so you can ask and he will give it to you. And he will protect you from evil influences and spirits. You don't have to be afraid of that, okay? So Acts 2.37 After this encounter happened on the day of Pentecost when all the uh, apostles and disciples that were there were filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, the people that were standing around them heard them speaking in their language. But the way they were reacting were like to them, the onlookers, like drunk people. They looked like they were drunk. And so Peter began to explain to them that these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Then the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall, we proph- uh, shall prophesy. And so he went on, and he began to preach Jesus to them, going back, telling a little background about who Jesus was and what he had come to do and that they had crucified the Lord. And so in Acts 2.37, the people that heard this, it says that when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Okay, so this is, remember I told you I'm not going to just talk about, you know, define rebirth in general, but really give you uh, uh, scriptures that just kind of lead to how God moved in the earth and how he wants to move in the earth, and it sums up rebirth in its totality. So they asked, what shall we do? And it was really simple. Um, Verse 38, Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And listen to how the scriptures, it just kind of flows off just like oil. It's not really a big deal. He's like, just repent and be baptized, and you shall be forgiven from all your sins. And guess what? Guess what you're going to get? You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a package deal. It's a tandem thing. Amen. We see this. Water baptism. Baptism the Holy Spirit. Not spooky. It's just a scripture. Okay? It's real clear. It just flows right off. And then when these questions come, everything gets so complicated. We get afraid we're going to get something. We get afraid we're going to get in a cult. We get afraid that God's going to make a fool of us. And we get afraid of everything. But when they were preaching the gospel, they just preached the gospel. Sure. Now we've got to walk on eggshells. If I say this, I'm going to make this person mad. And if I say this, oh my gosh, they don't believe that. And we've got to do all this. Why can't we just preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? Right? Amen. So, Let's look at Acts 2.39. It says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So this promise, like what should be continuing right now? Well, he said it was to them, that was then, long time ago, it was to them and to their children, that was still then, long time ago. But it says that it would continue, even afar off, that's us, and it's going to keep going till Jesus comes back. A far off. However long he takes, who knows, right? It's going to keep going. And just as simple as it was then, just as simple as it was then, you're still going to be getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. I just want to tell you, if you think it's an option, you don't have to have it. You know, people have the right to go to hell. I mean, really, God created man and people want to get so mad at God, why did, he, why did he put the tree there? If he knew this was going to happen, and why does God allow this and that? He gave you free choice because of love. Love is not forced. You can choose to go to hell. It's your choice. But I hope you like it. Right? So it's like the, the thing with, with the spirit of God, if Jesus said you need it, why do we like, I don't think I need that. No, thank you. Well, that's kind of like this guy, when uh, Jesus was telling a story about this man, you know, I guess he was a Lord, and he, he made a, par, um, a banquet, a wedding banquet for his son, and he uh, invited all his friends, you know, gave them special invitations, and, and they all, they, they weren't interested. They all had an excuse, and then he sent them again, and this time, it just really made them mad. So they beat some of them, you know? He didn't beat you. <laughs> Can you ever imagine sending somebody a birthday party, a, bir- a birthday invitation, and they show up at your house, their whole family beat the mess out of you? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what happened. That's what Jesus was telling. And so then he said, you know, forget it. He sent, he sent them again out, and he said, don't go back to them. Go into the highways and byways, and just anybody, anybody that would come, invite them. And so they all came. And if you, if you read the story, you can dig out what's implied. So I'm not making it up. It doesn't clearly say it, but it is true that... They were given garments as well. It's 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 in, it's in it's the mystery, okay? They were given garments because he had a certain way he wanted everybody to look for this banquet meal. Well, one guy, you know, he had and kind of had the mind, mindset, "I'm going in." He received the invitation. He was actually in there, sitting at the banquet table. And so the Lord's walking through and he's checking out his guests. You know, he's got them all G'd up. Y'all know that, I don't know. So anyway, so. He looks and he says, friend, how'd you get in here without the proper wedding garments on? And he said, take him, bind him hand and feet, and throw him into out of darkness. That's some of us. Why was Jesus telling that story? Because that's some of us. We're like, no, we're going to heaven. You can tell God that. I accept your invitation. I don't need no spirit. I'm coming. Really. 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 Can we receive his invitation without his standards? Okay? So, anyway, just to give you something to think about. Did I really say what I teach, what I said I was? I'm gonna tell you how to get it. All they said is repent, believe, get water baptized, and you shall receive the Spirit. That's what they said. All John said is, I indeed baptize you with water, but you shall. Be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It was just real simple. just kind of flowed off. It's just really cool. Open your heart to God. Do you want to be born again? I thank God that I'm born again. My old me, once God starts showing me me, now in my old me, I thought I was the bomb, right? Y'all know what that is? This is a new generation. Like, I don't know what they say. That was a long time ago. But (laughs) I really thought I was. But then when God's scripture started showing me some stuff, I was a hot mess. And I am so glad I don't have to walk under the condemnation that that old woman did, that that old little girl did, the shame and embarrassment after your eyes are open to see how foolish you were. So rebirth is amazing because I don't have to take credit for anything that I've done, nothing, because of Jesus, because of God's love. And so when when you're born again, literally, all things are made new. So do you get born again and bring that sin over here? Uh-uh, uh-uh. And here's the deal. Grace is what births you. You don't birth you. You just have to believe so that we are his workmanship. We display, look at what the Lord has done. Just because you believe, and I think sometimes we get so caught up in our own works that we think it's hard to be good. We think it's hard to be righteous. And it is, if you're doing it, if you're trying, but if you believe it, the same God who created Adam without Adam's help will recreate you. And he gets the glory for his handiwork. And we just get to be living testimonies of what the Lord has done. Okay? So anyway, I did, I put some little, I'm afraid to call it pamphlets because my little cutting board wasn't working, so I used scissors. So there's some material back there (laughs) that um, I took and extracted um, the demonstration of the commission that Jesus gave the apostles from Acts chapter 2 through Acts chapter 18, of where the gospel was preached, or some way or another, they heard, they believed, they were water-baptized. And many of them have where they also received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are some where they just believed and they were water baptized. But we must assume, we have to, because it's the word, that the ones that don't account that they received the Spirit, they did. Eventually, whenever, you must assume that because that's what John said. That's what Jesus said. That's what they did, right? And there are other accounts in between that that I didn't extract where they heard, they believed, and it doesn't say they were water baptized, but you must assume that they were because that was the commission, okay? So if you want that just to do a little Bible study to go back in the Bible days and chill out and see what was going on in the streets of Jerusalem, you can look at those scriptures and actually see it. Just see it, and it'll, it'll increase your faith when you just see it happening. You know, you just see it happening. Get out of watching what's going on now and get into seeing what was going on then, okay? That's it. So I really want to pray and open up the altar. And I like to say, you know, because we've been in fellowship, a lot of faces we know. Many of you guys are already filled with the Holy Spirit. But some of you aren't. Some people may be here visiting, and they're like, man, like the other disciples, I'm not intimidated by the word. I never heard there was anyone. Give it to me, you know. So if you have that or if you have fear, strong fear of opening yourself up to that, you have had negative experiences growing up, Maybe you were in a wild church. I love wild churches, believe it or not. Depends. Depends. I, I'm kind of wild myself. Y'all haven't seen that, and I, and I can't just perform it, so God's doing something in me. He's calming me down, I guess. But um, if some, sometimes you see things that really is out of balance, and you might just like, I'm not doing that. So come up here and, and let's, let them pray for you, that God will just give you peace, okay? So let's just pray. Um, Father, just thank you so much for your word. Your word is good. It's always good. Your word is full of power. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Lord God, I believe that your word works to all those who will dare to believe it. And so, Lord, I just pray that Uh, If people's faith were stirred and they just got information to share with somebody else, they were already born again, then your will has been done. And in the hearts of those that never heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or had some apprehension about it, Lord God, you are an exact God. You are a God of divine appointment. I pray that it pierce their heart. I pray that the enemy and all his demons that have been on guard, keeping the stronghold on their mind, would be moved out of the way in the name of Jesus and that they're open to receive the inheritance in the saints, the blessing of Abraham, that will keep them until the day that they see Jesus face to face. Bless you for blessing us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I need you, I need you, love, like I need water, and I need you, love, like I need breath. fire. Come and take me over. Jesus, draw me